Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, Gordon Berg here with Beyond the News. Uh, school board primaries around the state are coming up August 23rd, and we're trying to reach as many local candidates as we can and talk to them and find out uh, why they're running and what issues they believe are important. Kimberly Works is running for school board district six in Pinellas County. Kimberly Works, thank you very much for joining us on Beyond the News. Thank you for having me. Well, first off, uh, how did you decide to run for the school board? What brought you to this uh, point in your career and your life? <laughs> uh, well, I grew up with very involved parents, so um, I had very good example of being um, having parents that were very uh, involved with my life. They were, if I was in the band, they were on the boosters. You know, it was just having that um, to look up to. And then as when I became a parent, I, I did the same. If my children were involved in something, I was involved. So uh, that I was born and raised in central Ohio. I relocated here to Pinellas County, Florida in 2007. Um, so when we relocated down here, of course, I didn't know really anyone or anything. So got my kids acclimated into their new school and then I wanted to become involved as well. So I went to a PTA meeting at their elementary school, made eye contact with a PTA president and that was all it took. <laughs> so I became involved with PTA um, and then that led to being involved in the school advisory councils. And then um, I have a daughter and two sons uh, at that Around the time when we were relocating, we were finding out that one of my sons was being diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Uh, so I, being involved with PTA and everything was wonderful, but then it kind of took a turn into more advocacy for exceptional student education. Um, so then I became, became involved in the exceptional student education committee with the administration. Uh, then we found my second son was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder as well. So um, I was always at concerts. I was always at school events. And, you know, that had been my life. I loved, I went to work and then I was at the schools holding events, going to meetings. Um, I was a very, very busy mom. And my, I'd gone through a divorce, got remarried, and my second husband was like, you should run for school board. But everything was always so chaotic. And when my youngest had graduated from high school, my husband was still like, you should run, you should run. And um, I finally felt like I was at a place in my life. My boys have good jobs now. We went through vocational rehabilitation and went through that program um, with traditional services. And uh, I thought, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I'm in a good place in my life now. You know, I've done my mom job. And um, I actually now have four grandkids that are currently in Pinellas County Schools. And so I threw my hat in the ring. So with all this uh, experience and background uh, as a mother and grandmother of uh, students, what do you think are the biggest issues facing the Pinellas School District right now? Um, I, with being so involved, 
I have run across um, some of the current board members, and I do think that they're they do have the best of the district's intentions at heart. However, um, I do think communication is one problem, and that's what I hear uh, when I talk to educators or parents or community partners. Uh, they don't feel sometimes that they're being heard. Like they'll send an email or they'll make a phone call, they don't get a reply back. And to me, that the reason why I think that's so sticky is. Um, a sticky situation is because when you have that, people don't feel acknowledged or they feel like there may be something nefarious going on or what have you. And um, that is one big issue uh, that I see uh, that could be a big problem. Um, and I, I think that's something that needs to be addressed. There needs to be better communication within the board and the administration to uh, the educators and the community. An issue that we hear coming up a lot is about school districts, and it's happening in many places around the country, having trouble hiring and retaining uh, teachers and staff. Uh, do you have uh, any thoughts about uh, what should be done to address that problem? I do. I think, um, you know, this may kind of sound elementary, so to speak, but I think we need to hit more of the uh, job fairs. I think we need to be more proactive in our job fairs. Um, there are some that we don't attend, and I think we need to. Um, I need. I think we need to look into, you know, we have a lot uh, to offer here in Pinellas County, and I think that we need to be um, more visual and show that what we have to offer here. Um, there are, I'm wanting to say Greenwood, I think that may be incorrect, but I think there's one job fair that we don't go to that we need to. Um, but overall, I think, and also working with um, colleges that have teaching programs, I think those um, would be a wonderful, um, I know we already work with St. Pete College, but I think we need to span out even farther because I don't think that all of our teachers need to come from one area as a feeder. Um, we need to look into other um, outside of the area. Uh, teaching programs, um, and even within our own school, you know, uh, talking to our students and being more positive role models within our own district. You know, there may be even some of our own students that may look into a teaching career. So um, I don't know. There's just so many different ways that we can be encouraging about our community and our, our school district because we really do have a good thing here. You've mentioned communication and parental involvement. Uh, there have been yes. parents who have expressed their concerns about uh, decisions that were made uh, about remote learning, library book selection, uh, COVID-19 policy here and in other districts as well. Uh, what do you think about uh, parental involvement in education? Are there enough uh, ways for them to be involved and have their voices heard and have some agency in the way their children are educated. You can never be too involved as a parent, uh, honestly. Um, you know, being a, a PTA mom, and I was also on the Pinellas County Council PTA um, and volunteered for uh, quite some time, you, you can never be too involved as a parent or a grandparent, uh, a stakeholder. You can never 
give too much to our kids. You can always have a say, and there's never enough ways for parents to be involved. Um, I know that the mentor program is one thing that we're always looking for. Um, if anyone has any additional time, there's a mentor training program that we have with Pinellas County Schools, and we're always looking for mentors for our students. Because, you know, especially the last two years, two and a half years, um, our students have really lost the socialization skills that they once had, or maybe the especially for our little ones that are just coming in that um, aren't really finding their way with that. You know, mentor programs are very important and we need to um, go back into learning about those, uh, helping teach our young ones about uh, socialization skills with COVID and the social distancing and the virtual learning. You know, that's something that's really important. So parents can always get involved there. And I understand their concerns about curriculum and, and what's going on in the schools and they have every right. The thing that I think is important for all of our community to understand is that everyone is, has a right to their opinion. Everyone has a right to voice their opinion. The only thing at the end of the day that has to be understood is the board is not gonna be able to please everyone all the time. And they have to work together as a collective unit to do the best they can to make the most constructive decisions that will benefit them the most of all of those involved and without their own personal bias. And, and that takes a lot of energy. So, um, a lot of people will say, well, I told you how I felt about this, but you did the opposite anyway. And it's hard at the end of the day, but the board really does have to do the best they can um, to make the most positive impact for the most that are involved. Um, but any parent or any stakeholder that wants to be involved, I'm sure the district will find a way for you to. <laughs> State government has had a lot to say in the last couple of years about uh, decisions being made by schools uh, and school boards including uh, rules on masks, uh, laws like the Stop Woke Act and the Parental Rights and Education Act. Uh, and they've done things like set term limits and uh, are setting changes in the time when budget referendums take place. Uh, what do you think about what rules recently laid down by uh, state government uh, are going to mean for school boards in terms of how they uh, deal with these and uh, continue uh, attempting to implement uh, what they would like to do as far as uh, the, the prime function, of course, is getting kids educated. Um, it, it's been a very, very interesting year trying to keep track of, of all the bills that have come down from the state, uh, from Tallahassee. It's um, I, I think we're in excess of 144 to 146 uh, bills that have come down from the legislature regarding education. Um, it's been a very exhausting year. Uh, I can understand uh, where some of them come from. Um, I don't personally think that you're going to agree or um with everything that comes down from Tallahassee, regardless of who is in office. Um, now, there was a lot to unpack there, let me see. <laughs> um, as far as curriculum, we are, we have committees that look over curriculum. They are from various uh, aspects of the community. We either have those in place or we're looking at putting those in place. So they can be from media, they can be parents. Um, I think that is a, is a great um, thing that we can have for making sure that there's multi areas uh, involved in looking into the curriculum. What do we like? What do we don't like? How do we feel about this? Um, 
to make sure that multiple opinions are heard as far as curriculum is concerned, and then that being presented to the board. Um, now, the other act, the other bills that are coming down. Um, I know we have one about uh, engaging veterans into becoming teachers. I, I love that bill. I think that was a wonderful bill to put in place. Um, what are the, some of the other ones you mentioned? There's a lot to unpack in that question. Well, one of them would be the Parental Rights and Education Act. Yes. Um, I don't have any issue with uh, the K through three. I, I don't have any problem with that at all. I think that kind of subject matter doesn't need to be uh, spoken to our little ones about that. Um, honestly, I that is a very sensitive subject for a lot of people. Um, and I'm still actually researching that, to be honest. I don't want to really say too much because I don't really know how I feel about it. Um, I can see a lot of different sides, and I'm actually talking to a lot of different people about um, their feelings on that. And I'm trying to determine for myself how I feel about it because I, I can understand as a parent, I can understand um, how I would feel as a board member. I'm trying to put myself in a student's point of view. Um, but would there be safety issues? Are there curriculum issues? Um, it's it's a multifaceted um I don't, and it's not problematic. It's just something that is very complex to me uh, that involves so many people. We have such a large district. And to be honest, um, I do believe that parents have rights, but they have rights in all forms. I do think that our students need to know that they have outlets of people that they can talk to. Um, I've said that before. If my if my kids don't feel comfortable talking to me, they need to have someone else that they can talk to. And I don't believe that everything is a one child fits all. We have students that are exceptional students. We have students that are transient students that are homeless, that we have, you know, we have children that may not be living in the best um, home environment. So everything that we do is not a um, every child fits all kind of scenario. And we need to remember that when we make these decisions and when these house bills come down, they're not going to fit every child. So we have to take that into consideration. The school superintendent recently took part in a meeting in uh, St. Petersburg where uh, one of the topics of conversation was uh, equity and uh, the use of that word uh, raised some controversy with uh, with some. Uh, how do you define that in terms of of the needs of children and education? And how do you think that the uh, board and yourself, if you're elected, uh, should be dealing with those sorts of issues? I was actually at that forum, and I think Mr. Hendricks and the and the committee that was there, uh, the people that were on the forum, I think they did a fabulous job. Um, I was really refreshed to see that kind of um, event take place. I really hope he continues to do those throughout the year because I, I think that was very, very well done. And the fact that people from the community could go up and ask questions, I think it could have got, probably gone on for two or three more hours if he would have allowed it. Um, but honestly, um, to make sure that resources are distributed equitably, um, we're, we will always have equitable funding as long as we're following the school strategic plan and the school's improvement plans. Um, those two documents within the district uh, dictate where the money is actually spent. Um, 
and but in those processes you have to ask what does each particular school need um and it, it it could be money it could be resources and people um or even more time to get processes completed um we need to allot those needs accordingly once those uh needs are ascertained and finally what would you like to focus on uh if you get elected to the board well, of course, I, I previously mentioned um, communication is a big thing for me. Um, I also want to make sure I'm supporting the educators, support staff, and transportation. You know, um, transportation is such a huge part of what um, what we do here in Pinellas, and they have a, a huge job. Um, so I want to make sure that we they know that we are supporting them and we acknowledge them. Um, an improvement of the reading and literacy scores. Uh, we currently just got back our school grades. We have six schools that are rated as Ds and one as Fs. Um, it's just too low. Uh, I really think the last two years and the impact of COVID and the lack of socialization of our students played a major impact on some of that. But uh, I feel like if we use the measures that we used at Lakewood Elementary and at Maximo schools um, and some of our transitional areas, uh, we saw major improvements in those schools. And I think that if we use those processes, and excuse my terminology, but if we put those processes on steroids, uh, I have no doubt we'll see major improvements in those schools uh, within the next year. Uh, so I think that, you know, as a district, we're getting ourselves back on our feet and uh, we're going to be able to um, get those schools out of those uh, those ratings and, and pull them back up. Kimberly Works is a candidate for Pinellas School Board District 6. The primary election takes place August 23rd, and it's a nonpartisan race, and everybody is able to take part who lives in Pinellas County and is a registered voter. Kimberly Works, thank you very much for joining us on Beyond the News. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.